Hello. Hi. Welcome to Book This Weekend with Meghla Chakraborty and Avinash Chakraborty. Where we talk about all the books we read, but one at a time. Meghla and I enjoy reading books and talking about it. And we've been thinking for the longest to uh, make a podcast out of it. And we thought that there's no better time than the lockdown to do it. So a little disclaimer, we aren't professional book reviewers. Um, honestly, I'm too lazy to write about all the books I read on social platforms. But I'm always intrigued to uh, talk about one. Um, we aren't here to critique the books per se. Uh, just discuss the book, like how it made us feel and, you know, have the conversation. And uh, we read all kinds of books. Between uh, me and Megla, we have read tons of fiction. We have read tons of nonfiction, uh, some graphic novels here and there, all kinds really. Uh, as far as the frequency of recording is concerned, this is our first episode and we will try to keep it uh, once a week, but you know, it depends on the kind of schedule that we have. So yeah. So uh, Megla, tell us what books are we going to talk about today? Um, well, Abhinash, I thought like for the first one, I thought I'll go with, you know, something interesting, like uh-huh. before the coffee gets cold. What are you talking about? I'll be talking about this book by uh, a writer called Manu Joseph. He's a columnist and a journalist. Uh, the book's name is The Illicit Happiness of Other People. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So why don't you talk about your book, this Before the Coffee Gets Cold? So, yeah, so my book, Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshi Kasu Kawaguchi, pardon me if I say it correctly. So this is translated by Geoffrey Trozello. And the uh, uh, interesting fact is that I didn't read it like out of a physical copy, like oh, most of okay. other books. Yeah, uh, so I, this is my first audio book. I heard it on this app called Storytel and this is not sponsored. Anyway. Yeah, this is a disclaimer. <laughs> Storytel does not sponsor us in any way as of now. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually pay the subscription and I got yeah. this book. And yeah, so we'll talk about it later about audiobooks and all, maybe sometime. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this uh, book, uh, it's all, it's a, it's written by a Japanese um, writer, as I mentioned. It's basically a collection of four short stories intertwined with each other, with one poignant question for the readers: mm-hmm. like, what would you do if you could travel back and forth in time? Mm-hmm. And that's the question. So um, now this book is nowhere close to the futuristically imaginative, advanced, like cyborg-driven, you know, 2050 timeline we kind of have in yeah, mind. Yeah, I was thinking that do they have like a time machine or something? Yeah. <laughs> mm. But the answer is no, sadly. Uh, like this rather is like a fun, short one to sitting read uh, to get your mind off the current situation um, where people can actually travel in time by drinking a certain cup of coffee served in a coffee shop 100 years old in Tokyo. Uh, that's basically uh, like a brief summary of like the, what the book is about. Now, to make it more interesting and, you know, to keep the readers at the edge of their coffee chairs, the mm-hmm. author has introduced some rules. Um, 
Uh-huh. I'm trying not to give away a lot, but a little focus on how the rules are like. First, the only people you can meet when you travel in time are those who have visited this particular cafe. The second one is kind of my favorite because a lot of mystery goes around in you know executing this second one. Uh, so it is only possible to travel in time if you're seated at a particular seat in this cafe. And that has to be unoccupied. Okay. So, yeah. And um, so the third one is like once in that alternate reality or in time, you cannot move from your seat. Like imagine. Oh, I see. So you're like a mute observer. Like you are just observing things. Is that so? Like you can't affect time. Like the events of the past, you can't interact with anybody there. You can interact, but not physically moving from the chair. I see. So you can, for example, okay, I I guess I'll just end up trying out the whole plot out of you. But can you like interact with waiters at least? Like order a coffee or like how we are in a cafe, like we sit down, we order. You actually have a, like I'll not tell you like a lot about it, how you can, how you actually physically transit in time. But you actually happen to have a cup of coffee already. So that's like the coffee you drink. So okay. I'm going to tell you more about it in the, like the fourth rule. Mm-hmm. So uh, you see like how it is really tempting to know that you can actually go back in time or, you know, in future. And, but it's very disappointing to know that you cannot move. It's like really absurd. But then uh, the last two rules, that's like th- the third one I spoke about right now. So the last two are... Uh, you'll have to get back before the coffee gets cold. Ah, like the coffee you're drinking. That's where the novel gets its name. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you cannot change anything in that time and space you are in. I mean, that's like the hello world of time travel. Right. So now these rules, when I got to know of them, like to me, it was kind of absurd. Author puts these rules out like in the first couple of pages so when I was reading it I was like imagining you know how the writer like in such confined strict rules how are you like gonna make a story out of it how is it gonna take any direction or you know what's the plot like and plus it's like short stories the plot has to end in like couple of pages yeah so that's what I was about to ask so are these like collection of four different short stories with the same backdrop they are like four different short stories but they are connected so the characters are quite frequent like you know the coffee shop uh, owner and the people who are serving and all of those like they are like common and then there's some stories are about the customer some stories about like people who are owning the coffee shop and in and around so they're really interconnected but you can read like you can pick one and read that's the but it's not like as disconnected as like say short story collections of murakami or something like if there are six stories all of them will be different so it's not like that no it's not like that so by the way megla and i are very big fans of murakami we share uh, a love for murakami and incidentally her favorite novel of murakami which is your favorite novel by the way megla (laughs) (laughs) but makes me that (laughs) ah this but makes me that that's also uh that's pretty much as far as murakami's novels are concerned it is my favorite 
So yeah, more on Murakami later. Like we probably can dedicate a whole sto- uh, episode about Murakami and his works. Like just to add to what you said, I mm-hmm. uh, so like when I say like we share a fond love for Murakami, I also not happen to read all of it. Like if I won't, I can. But the thing is, I it's like desert for me. It's like oh, yeah. you know every year I read like. Uh, some 10-15 books and put like one two more come in between like you know have like three course meets and like the last one is like just desert like yeah. Murakami also, is like desert for me right and you also have to save Murakami's because there's finite books uh, that Murakami has written so uh, yeah so I just don't want to like digress further I'll just come back to our for the coffee gets cold so yeah so so it was like surprising how he has like written you know around these strict rules but to my surprise these stories are beautifully crafted like I have a thing for you know Japan as a backdrop like I kind of like that Uh, but among like for all of us uh, who did these like warm cozy love stories Mm -hmm. this is definitely one for all of us and obviously my favorite is one among that only like out of the four I love the love story there's a very beautiful love story also these stories speak a lot about different relations like I told you there's one love story there's one uh, there are different relations which will you know which I don't want to talk about right now because it'll give away like the fun if you have noticed like whatever I'm saying it's not like a very difficult read or you know something which will take a lot of time out of your schedule but like when you are at a certain age that you have done like enough reading and you know you just don't want to know the fiction but there has to be something more powerful more in ground yeah. depth like mm-hmm. resonates with what you believe like uh, so so the whole radius of these stories fall back to one common center point like which if I conclude in my words goes about um, express all you can while you still have the time and so I picked this as my first book to talk about. So you see I think that there's a time and space to express something you know like um, so tell me after reading this book do you think that everything should be expressed in real time as in right when the events are happening I mean, there are times when, you know, things happen Mm -hmm. to us and we have to take in all those things and process them so that we can gather our thoughts or uh, gauge our reactions, you know. Otherwise, sometimes we might end up saying things uh, which we don't really mean or express things which we didn't really meant at that time. Uh, Just before you Mm -hmm. answer that, uh, you had... uh, suggested me this book as my first uh, audio book and uh, I remember listening about I think I listened to 15 10 15 minutes and there was this story mm-hmm. about a breakup like it was I think the first part of it like there's a breakup there's a guy who just tells the girl that he's going away to USA and he's in a hurry oh, you remember. leave for the yeah um, that was very vivid I mean uh, because I listened to it very, with, with a lot of focus so uh, so at that point, that girl is, I think, wants to say a lot of things to the guy, but she just couldn't muster out the exact words, to what to tell him, like whether to go or not to go or whatever. I mean, and then I guess she wants to 
come back to that particular event later on. Like as you explained to me the uh, rules, I guess she wants to come back to that particular moment when the breakup was happening. Imagine she cannot change anything. She yeah. can come back or, you know, that is totally on her. To answer that question, I mean, yeah. obviously, that, that that is a certain fact. You have to, like, some things are definitive in some timelines. But then what I believe is, like, you feel differently in different times. Like, it's always proportional to a lot of factors. And because of the indefinite feelings one can have at a certain point in time, mm-hmm. the reactions which comes out of it are variables. For me, when I think about something in the past or, you know, just anticipate something in future, like mm-hmm. I kind of think that, you know, I should have said this, then it yeah. would have turned out this way or, you know, I should, like it's, it really depends upon, you know, the perspective, like it changes Absolutely. when you shift yeah. time. So just to answer, like there is not one like on point correct reaction, you know, it's just a sum of all the events which has been photographed like at that point in like inside your brain. So that that's just tends the reaction out of it. I see. So would you would you say that this book deeply affected you? Um, when I picked it up, when I was listening to it, I like I was like you know it's just gonna be like a easy happy deed but by the time every story was ending there was some underlying you know meaning to it and from like for me like when I like read a book the, at that point when I'm reading I'm like not doing a lot of thinking around you know what is this writer trying to convey like at that time, I like really enjoy. Like at that point in time, I don't really, you know, try to extract and you know filtrate yeah. what is happening. You know, the, the, the underlying meaning of it. Once when I close it, then I just kind of you know think about everything which happened and you know what is that I learned from a book. I mean, that's what I do. Like it's been quite some time I do that. So from this, yeah, every book changes you a little, they say. I always believe that you should, whatever like comes and to your mind at, point, at a certain point, and you know, sometimes we see our lips, we think that, you know, it will be taken care of. You know, the person uh, will understand or, you know, if you don't convey it right now, it's okay, you can convey it tomorrow or, you know, after some time or it is understood. But for me, like I think after reading this book, uh, I more shifted to the thought that it really is not like you really should say it out. Like if, you know, if something which is not right, just say mm-hmm. it if it's not right. You know, even if it is with your uh, like close ones, your family, like, you know, sometimes you just don't like uh, somebody. Like for me, if something I like in my desk at a certain place and somebody is like moved it and I don't like it. I used to be like, you know, I would go and correct it. Mm -hmm. But now I just kind of point it out so that, you know, it's taken care of. Otherwise I would be like, you know, if I have a conversation with that person at that point in time, it would be like at the back of my, oh my God, that thing has been shifted. I had to go back and change. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be like fully attentive to that conversation. So, So I just speak my whatever is like I'm thinking at that point for that person. So, yeah. All right. And you'll also have more mental energy to invest in that interaction with the person rather than going on and on. Like in yeah, the an, an honest interaction. It won't be like, you know, 
this may be I like that person, but this is one thing I kept from him or her. Right. And I can deal with it. When honestly, it is at the back of my head. Like, right. I don't know if I can deal with it or I cannot. I don't really don't know the answer to that. But just back of my head. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was about so my book um i won't say that it's it's uh as light as yours this particular book i picked this book with the specific intent that is going to be hev- going to be heavy the illicit happiness of other people right yeah. the, that's the book you're going to talk yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the illicit happiness of other people so uh, the title of the book certainly intrigued me and uh, it's by this author manu joseph he's a columnist he's a regular columnist for the mint and times of india and all of that and i follow him on twitter also so i remember his mm-hmm. tweets uh, used to be very witty and very sarcastic i won't say sarcastic okay. but uh, they just they, there was a certain uh, beauty to his tweets you know there are some uh, people who have this uh, ability to um, say things uh, in a way which hit you so the novel is has a very simple story okay so a 17 year old boy kills himself he jumps off the terrace oh my God. house yeah it has a very sad beginning and it's not a spoiler it it happens in i think the third or fourth page you know that this guy has killed himself this whole book is about his father's investigation about why he did what he did so uh, is this like a mystery thing like a mystery novel yeah you can see that i mean it is it has been designed in that way because it's like uh, you know how there are mystery novels called who done it like who who did it and all that but this is more like why he did what he did so th- this whole family so it's all about a ch- uh, family called chako family so it's a malu christian family in a predominantly hindu neighborhood in uh, 1990s madras so you have that 1990s india setting so uh, the father osop chako well there are it's a family of four people so the father osop chako is a journalist and he doesn't work for a, he works at a not so big newspaper when he was younger he won a literary award and that's pretty much the only thing that he did in his whole life and mm-hmm. when the novel begins i think he probably is in is in his late 40s or early 50s and he's a raging alcoholic like he doesn't uh he, he doesn't get violent when he's when he gets drunk but every night he comes home drunk and shouting at his neighbors and all of that like he's a loud drunk not a very present person to be around then there's the mother uh-huh. yeah then there's the mother uh, mariama chako uh, she's an economics mm-hmm. graduate i say that in quotes because uh she points it out to everybody like i'm an economics graduate but still i'm a house uh, housewife and so oh yeah yeah so, 1990 so yeah. so wasn't she like what was it like was osef not in favor of her going out working or she it was her choice no it's like it was like just an unsaid rule in those times that women won't walk like she never protested that uh, i would uh, like she never protested against the fact that she's unable to work or she wants to go to work so at least from my reading of the novel i didn't see that the the husband told the wife not to work it just was not in her uh, what you say in upbringing to make a career out of herself but she says that you know i that she was smart and all and she's a, she's she's a bit eccentric to say the least she's a bit eccentric she probably has some undiagnosed mental illness so yeah 
right? So you get to know about more and more about her as the novel progresses. Oh, and yes. then there are two sons. So Uni Chako and Toma Chako. So Uni Chako is a 17-year-old boy who kills himself. And his younger brother, who is almost nine years younger than Uni, is eight. When it's, this Toma. it's Toma. Yeah, Toma Chako. Toma Chako. It's not Thomas, it's Toma. So S, there's no S to his name. So um, Uni kills himself and nobody knows why because he seemed like a happy boy. And he didn't leave a suicide note. Uh, on the face of it, it's not a very complicated plot because people kill themselves all the time. Teenage suicide, a ba- sad thing, but it's not unheard of. And a lot of times, you know, you don't, uh, people don't appear mm. sad or depressed, but they internally, they probably would be very sad and depressed. So it's the plot is very simple, but the characters in the novels are very, very well crafted. But then, uh, sorry to cut you, like... Mm-hmm. Oni isn't telling the story, right? No, like, he's dead by the time the novel begins. So, so people, everybody else in the family has a different picture of Oni or... Yeah, you get to know about Oni only through the eyes of uh, the father. Now, the father is kind of like an absentee father. He does not, uh, because he's a raging alcoholic, he leaves from home around 8 o'clock, comes back at night, 11, 11.30, drunk. And he has all this drama. So he never really gets to know his son, you know, Oni or Toma. He doesn't know. And Mariama, the mother, he's very close to his mother. But even the mother can't figure out that why he killed himself. Like there was, was there something wrong with her uh, upbringing? Was she unable to, uh, you know, see, find out what was wrong with her son? So she... Mm right at the beginning of the novel, she has that guilt. Like, how could I not know about my son? Because they are close. Like, Oni and Mariama have a very uh, fun rapport and it's like a very cute uh, son and mother relationship. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the thing. And you get to know about Oni through his friends. Uh, I mean, his classmates and all because he's 17 years old. So, he was in class 12 when he killed himself. All his... So, this... I don't know. I'm just really interested. So his father goes about talking to his friends, like interrogate them, like to talk about. Absolutely. And this happens. I forgot to mention. You were saying that his father is kind of absentee, like just to solve the mystery. He's interested, right? Yeah, he's interested. And he he gets interested three years after this incident. So when Uni kills himself, uh, he just thinks that Uni was... Yeah, when he was 17. Um, but uh, his father thinks that this guy killed himself because probably he was depressed or ashamed of his father. Uh, because they, not only his father is a drunk, but they're also poor. Like, it's, uh, they're poor because um, this guy, Usap, he doesn't, is not the kind of guy who saves a lot of money. Okay? It's not like he's into gambling or something. Not that he has to spend uh, uh, like he ends up spending a lot of uh, money in uh, in alcohol and all of that, but he just doesn't save. So it's not a happy family, and he thinks that you know that's why Uni killed himself. So, but in right in the beginning of the novel, because the the whole point of this novel starting is a clue comes to him which he didn't have three years back. And that's, I'm not going to tell you what's the clue because that is pretty much the half of the novel is about what the clue is. So, okay. Yeah, so that novel, that uh, sorry, the cl- clue comes in, and that's why he kind of restarts the, uh, the investigation three years after Uni had killed himself. 
So all his friends have kind of scattered by now because all of them are in college and all of that. Mm. So that's a problem. That's a logistic problem that uh, Osok faces. Um, many people don't even remember Uni that much. I mean, you know, your friend dies and when you're 17, all the conversations that you had with that person, it's all faded by in three years' time. But yeah, the novel is about uh, the investigation that happens three years mm-hmm. pa- after Uni's death. So Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, this novel has very well-crafted characters, and you know, like you said, that at this point, after reading so much at this age, by the way, we both are twenty-eight years old. If if <laughs> anybody we're kind of old, like elderly millennials, that's the term that is that fits us. So uh, I, I'm not a millennial, but yes, yeah, but by definition, sure. no, by definition, you are a millennial. Anybody born after nineteen eighty-five is a millennial. So, so uh, uh, this, uh, you know, as far as I'm, I'm concerned, I'm not that much into the story as far as the, as much as the plot of, uh, sorry, the way the characters are crafted and also the prose. Now the prose of this novel is what you will call beautiful prose. Like, absolutely beautiful. You, um, the way the sentences are crafted, the the particular exact word that hits you, you know. So these are that that's one thing you should read this novel for because it's one of those mm-hmm. novels in which the writer really put in effort, not so much in the plot of it, although the plot is interesting, it gets interesting, it thickens in some, at some point, but it's the way he, you know, developed it. And you get to see the world, uh, you know, different worlds through all these four characters. Only whom we get to know in bits and pieces. Then there's Thoma and then there's Mariama. So you see the world from their angle. So Usup, uh, the father, is a misanthrope. He hates people. He hates the world. And uh, Mariama, like I said, she probably has an undiagnosed mental illness, which probably PTSD. She probably suffers some trauma, uh, which, you know, uh, that's up to the readers to find out and uh, then there's Toma Toma is a timid boy I mean he is good for nothing really he does he isn't good in sports he, he, he met his elder brother like how it is like their chemistry uh, well, uh, which between Uni and Toma the chemistry yeah. the brothers so uh, Uni used to love his brother and uh, Toma used to look up to Uni but at the same time you know I got a feeling that even after Uni has died you know, he's still jealous of his brother because he thinks that he will never be as smart as Uni because see, Uni was not good in studies, but he was an outstanding cartoonist. He was uh, he was handsome, at least what uh, that's the description of uh, you know the female classmates of his. That's what the novel says. He, he was he was <laughs> he was he was he was, um, he was not that popular, but he was popular for his cartoons and his cartoons. That's also one thing that uh, this guy in within uh, these uh, the, the this novel you'll probably find ten to fifteen very short stories like comic strip. Description of comics, you don't see illustrations, but you see, and they are very weird stories and very unsettling, but very weird. Um, so that's also a pleasure that you get while you, you know, reading this. Reading this. So, we are saying weird and, you know, about the title and it, this, this all, like, to me, it all appears to be like some kind of dark humor, like a mystery around it. So, mm-hmm. so, so tell me, like, without giving away a lot since mm-hmm. it is about suicide 
something and so is this like the story does it turns out to be like really sad or it is some happy mystery solving and i mean do not give me the answer like yes like yes it is sad or yes it is like so mm-hmm. uh, like how do you think like to you is was it like really like sad like really sad story or like how it is it is dark humor all the cartoons uh, that i'm talking about they are funny but in a very dark way uh, like have you seen those xkcd comic strips that's how dark they are and uh, you know you also see this like i said talking about this dysfunctional family so you feel bad for the family that you know the father is like this the mother is kind of insane toma is like you know he good for nothing boy they are not going going anywhere they are poor they don't after uni could have gone places but he killed himself also is going nowhere in his career he is uh, he is drinking he'll probably die very soon they don't have any money so it's it's a sad uh, novel but the fact that you but asked then, this question uh, that whether it will uh, you know uh, is it like a happy thing or a sad thing so that's what the book is about so the book pushes forward a thesis about the happiness like what is happiness and the book defines happiness so this book has a philosophy to it like it has its own world and its own philosophy and it you know tries to justify it gives a thesis about the happiness and it also that's how it justifies that the happiness that other people enjoy and by other people the author means uh, the normal people is illicit so it's not the, the proper or the not a pure kind of happiness that people enjoy so it does define uh, or I, i would say redefines the normal concept of happiness you know you may agree with the thesis or, or disagree with it but it is still a very very fascinating thesis that gets put forward and you know it mm. it thickens the uh, the plot is like the whole thesis is interwoven between and you encounter a lot of funny characters you encounter a neurologist you encounter uh, a psycho friend you encounter uh, really really disturbed cartoonist because that's the mm-hmm. kind of circle uni used to hang up, uh, hang out in so yeah uh, you know in that way i would say that this novel is uh, is a philosophical fiction it is fiction it has a plot it has a you know a driving thing but it is at the end of the day it's philosophical fiction so yeah i guess to answer your question in a, in one line um, so i can't say whether you feel sad or happy at the end of it because your definition of happiness will change after you read this book so that's oh my god it's about <laughs> yeah. yeah so the book tries to define a new kind of happiness so and it oh is a very quotable book also like you can take out lines from it and you can just use it as proper quotes yeah, yeah, yeah. you can use them so that's that's the that's what this it really sounds like something i would want to pick up mm-hmm. um, so just to uh, just to tell like up to everybody i really don't read a lot of you know no, non fiction philosophical like stuff like th- that's something like i read mm-hmm. like once in two months or like one book one of that category in a month like but this like because it has a story to it uh, like a parallel story which gets like like the thesis gets you know more imposed based on that story mm-hmm. this uh, certainly is something which you know 
the the listeners who like are not into you know not into philosophy uh, like yeah. who are they want to read beyond you know uh, fiction but then they don't want to get bored like sometimes you know when we talk about like uh, books mm. like the famous ones like when you ask somebody you know i um, just don't want to read fiction anymore some philosophical stuff like all these alchemists monkos all this ferrari all, all of those right. you know popular books comes in your mm-hmm. mind but this is something like this is not like them yeah you know give it a try so like on the same lines abinash mm-hmm. uh, so uh, like so growing up uh, just just something which i had noticed like even in india there is not so much not about the current times like not like right now right now we are privileged we have social media and everybody right. knows about everything mm-hmm. uh, but um, like there's there wasn't so much popularity among you know like the indian authors like i will not deny that there was like a period when i used to only look out for certain authors like who are already well known and you know like 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 we used to travel a lot in trains like there's no denial in that so railway station bookstores you know yeah. so always used to like sell these particular authors like uh, Sydney Sheldon. There was a lot of oh, Sydney Sheldon. Right. Sydney <laughs> and then it's synonymous to train travel, I guess. I mean, you get. <laughs> you can, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, 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 and and then follow Galo, of course. Dan and, Brown. You can find almost all books of Dan Brown on the stands. All yeah, books. Dan Brown and and, and Chetan Bhagat also like here. Yeah. But then um the the. So there is a sell like this particular authors and everybody used to know about them like you know and but there was like you know in certain groups mm-hmm. uh, even I had encountered couple of them like there was a lot of no no like in my teenage years there was mm-hmm. a lot of no no then you know like you know like looking from the side I like what are you reading an Indian author but like okay. like like that I don't know why this culture but I have like personally a uh, i have like really been like you know <clears throat> like i faced some of those uh, so yeah. uh, so so now like you are talking about the disorder so how do you want to like like lift that curtain up and tell us like about exploring indian authors like i know that you've been reading some of them mm. like I, I as much as i'm aware so mm. what do you want to tell to the listeners like uh, who wants to you know expand their horizon right i i think the uh, see the indian authors uh, the problem with indian authors and especially the uh, english indian okay. authors is, do you see do you see like a problem like did did you just say like there is a pro- yeah, yeah, problem yeah. with indian yeah 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 there there is the problem with the supply of good indian writers english writers is because the english language cannot capture india in its true sense it takes a lot of effort to make certain intricacies of uh, indianness into english language a simple banter between two people uh, will sound unnatural if it is written by uh, for uh, like a person who thinks that english is their first language english is not our first language it, so what happens is the moment you try to translate the indian uh, scenarios into the mm-hmm. english language 
a lot of it is lost in translation because even i agree yeah. i feel like i feel like even as much as i love the language and that's pretty much like the language i mostly read books mm-hmm. um like in so mm-hmm. i feel like uh, uh in india like like being a bengali like giving away that like we have a lot of you know names like we don't right. have uncle and aunt so it's Absolutely. and there's a certain emotion attached to certain uh you know uh, certain names like categories like your uh, brother like your father's sister like we call bua in hindi and pishi in bengali Absolutely. so there's a kind of emotion like as then as you say pishi or bua you know there's some kind of memories which is but if you want to capture it i think that's what Maybe you're saying like aunt. it's just yeah. an aunt absolutely. absolutely yeah so it's like taking away the emotion out of it absolutely and the biggest difference you see comes in the fact that english has only you but hindi has two to men up so that two to men ah, up that's like beauty uh, yeah has a spectrum of relationships and that thing cannot be captured in english and that is the reason why put two english speaking sorry uh, if you want to capture an indian household in a, in the english language it will just fail um so that is but then uh, tell us about like you know how if like is the best way to explore in you know just considering you have found some really good right. yourself right and see i found the illicit happiness of other people pretty much by sheer luck so i don't now at this moment i can't remember why i have uh, how i found it i really don't because i remember finding it some months and months back then i read it it was on lying on my kindle for some time and then i was like fine mm-hmm. let's start reading it and i was quite i, I myself am quite wary of uh, you know picking up indian authors or picking up uh, indian books so, but but then this mindset like this is this is like what i'm talking about right now this i'm i'm actually right now i was reading about like uh, mm-hmm. reading this book the shadow lines uh-huh. oh it's beautiful it's by amitabh ghosh right um uh, sounds of it like he's an indian but this is Yeah, Amitabh Ghosh, yeah. Parvati Roy, these guys are class of their own, like class of their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, like I'm not categorizing authors in certain, uh, you know, boxes, but I'm saying like this: the mindset, like, like a lot right, of right. listeners right now, a lot of groups, a lot of book clubs, has like you know, they, I mean, I think like uh, it's all about you know expanding. horizon like i do what my method is so obviously there's this author and then i google the person and then i get, go to the twitter handle so uh, on author <laughs> invariably has a twitter handle and I like and i see their tweets now if their tweets are bland like if they are tweet in a simple language if they are not quirky in their tweets certainly they won't be quirky in their novels you will get the same kisa pita thing to see him as an author to see anybody as an author you have to see how they perform in in a constrained character limit environment like twitter so that for me is at least a filter uh, whether to you know for any author whether it's an english or in like a like a foreign author or an indian author so that's the thing but to answer your question that see indian author if you really want to read indian author you have to read the regional languages you have to read in hindi you have to read in marathi bengali or odia because that's the way you can capture india there's no you english just cannot capture india there's like, at least that's my thesis absolutely no i agree 
yeah. I, I agree considering I have tried reading some Bengali novels myself. But yes, I agree to what you were saying. Yeah, you just you know. I mean, that's and that's why the novels come out as lackluster and unnatural. And the moment something seems unnatural, it's just the uh, that's it. That's and that that just finishes things off. And contrast will be say uh, the Murakami novels or these Japanese translations, English translations that you read. I'm sure if a Japanese re- read that read these english ver- versions of uh, murakami novels he won't like them because we don't know japanese so probably to us it all sounds the same but to an actual uh, like a, a japanese speaker like a natural japanese speaker probably those uh, english translations will seem abhorrent if you really want to read more about him sorry read more indian authors i think the only way to go go is to go for uh, proper regional languages regional language books so yeah that's that's mm-hmm. my advice to anybody who wants to explore indian authors or otherwise just go through their twitter timeline <laughs> yeah i mean um, i mean there is no end to this uh, discussion considering you know that there are different ways to actually pick up like a book mm-hmm. but yeah i mean one i would just like to say that yeah we should like definitely pick some indian authors or just keep coming back to this channel to know uh, uh-huh. you know what's like the next book is <laughs> putting out nicely like a little <laughs> advertisement i mean it's just putting it out there <laughs> yeah certainly certainly you do uh, like that's what we will try to do like we'll try to recommend you books we'll try to recommend you the kind of books that stir up some feelings i know i'm talking in hyperbole but you know that's what what sells these days hyperbole but really i mean um, we are not here to always recommend you best sellers because that you can get off any uh magazine or newspaper but we will try to recommend you books that make you feel something so yeah and exactly. and abinash as much as i know like i'm just putting it out there mm-hmm. you really don't pick up the famous books like i've known people like i have been uh, with book clubs like uh, physically yeah. and virtually mm-hmm. but then i know like we have like you know top of the shelf books like this is mm-hmm. going on and i'm like one of those like, if i ever categorize myself i'll be like oh this is new happening i'm reading this yeah and all of that like mm-hmm. i read all kinds of like you know whatever is like selling <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. but i've been just like nitpicking like he he'll just you know you just find out books which is like lying like end of the shelf some nobody is looking at it till it's fine and not and you just you know like Like he just yeah. said about this, let it happen and stuff. I don't see this. Yeah, yeah. Find some gem out of that. that. Look, if you are reading the same books as everybody else is reading, you'd end up thinking the same things that everybody else is thinking. <laughs> so with that, we will start wrapping up. uh if you have if you guys have any suggestions or you want to reach us uh, reach to us you can reach us on uh, our insta handle it will be there in the show notes and you can also write to us at bookedthisweekend@gmail.com no spaces no underscores b o o k e d t h i s w w e k e n d 
at gmail.com. You can find the links or, and specifically you can, you'll be able to find the exact books that we discuss and the authors and you can, you know, download it. Now in the time of lockdown, I guess Kindle is your only option. Maybe when the lockdown is over. So you can order these books. By the way, uh, we will improve on our sound quality. Uh, we had ordered a couple of microphones and other things, <laughs> but the lockdown kind of uh, killed those, you know, orders. But we will be improving our audio quality. We'll be improving our production quality as your time goes on. Uh, and if you have any suggestions, yeah, you can definitely. reach out to us. So, yeah, that would be all. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay at home. Bye. Bye.